You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 280. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Before we get started today, if you are listening to this episode before July 12th, 2019, that's this Friday, then I want to invite my female listeners and ask my male listeners to invite their favorite ladies to attend the Women's Conference at First Baptist Church, Jonesboro, Louisiana, where I will be the keynote speaker in four sessions on Friday evening and into Saturday morning. Uh, We end around noon. You can find a link to the conference on my website at michellekneesat.com. The conference theme is complete in Christ, and I'm really excited about what God has given me to share. Again, the conference begins the evening of Friday, July 12th, and ends a little afternoon on Saturday, July 13th. Now, as I say in my intro, every week I use the music that we're listening to on the radio to inspire us to dig into God's Word. So for my purposes, pretty much any song can serve my purposes, okay? Uh, It can have a phrase or just a word and launch us into the really good stuff. And if you're a long-term listener, you know that I don't spend a lot of time in commentary on the overall songs themselves. I have warned you, however, against using music as a replacement for scripture, especially because sometimes the lyrics can be somewhat shallow and sometimes they're just downright theologically incorrect. So I would encourage you to be a discerning listener. Also, check your heart. Are the songs that you like the most pointing you to yourself or to God? And that's what I love about this week's song by Newsboys United, Greatness of Our God. Now, this song puts God front and center, and we can use more songs like this, let me tell you. So taking your mind off of self, fixing your eyes above, singing about and meditating on the greatness of our God, well, I can't think of a better way to spend your time in Scripture. And I can't wait to jump in, but first, let's listen. Glory, hallelujah. Let the whole world see the greatness of our God. In awesome wonder, He reigns forever. We know the greatness of our God. His power is endless. He lives within us. We know the greatness of our God. This week, the word that jumped out at me was greatness. Do we really spend time considering the greatness of our God? And I knew that there were many verses and several Psalms that talk about the greatness of our God broadly, but I wondered which ones used that specific word, greatness, because if we could spend some time in a Psalm that speaks of the greatness of our God, then every time we hear this song, 
we'll remember what we learned in our Bible study time. So the first step was to discover which Psalms had the word greatness in them. And even, again, even though many of them could fall into that category broadly of talking about how great God is. So I opened up one of my favorite online Bible tools, biblehub.com, and I typed greatness into the search bar. And the very first Psalm on the list was Psalm 150. So just like that, that's where I headed next. All right, it can literally be as simple as as that, by the way. I know sometimes it's hard to know where to go when you feel the pull toward reading scripture and you just don't know where to go. And I highly recommend whole book Bible studies or reading plans, but I also know that sometimes you just get stuck. So let's read Psalm 150, shall we? It's six verses, so I think we can handle it. Now we're gonna use two bites. Bible Byte stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, and these are just habits that I use when I, as I interact with God's Word. And the first bite is to read in context. Now, for Psalms, it's pretty easy. It just means reading the whole Psalm, so let's do that now. Uh, verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Praise Him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so that first bite is context. Read the whole thing. Of course, for us, it's six verses. We just did it. But the second bite is to make observations. Now, it's best if you write these observations down. I do. Of course, I have to prepare my thoughts for you. But I'm telling you, the act of writing down my observations in preparation for you uh, slows me down a bit. And it gives me a chance to observe more than if I would just read through it. Slowing down, slow down. That's another bite, by the way. We are in a fast food drive through society, but trust me that the effort required will be worth it. You'll savor it more than just a quick pass. And usually what's happening when we do that quick pass is we're looking what's in it for me kind of Bible reading. And so Again, slowing down, making observations, writing them down. Yes, it does sound a lot like study, which is what Bible study is, right? So it's really interacting with God's word. So let me just tell you what my first observation was. Are you ready? I mean, you might miss it if you don't look closely. My my first observation is that this is a psalm of praise. (laughs) Of course, I'm being a little silly, (laughs) but really, it's good to discover the intent of the original author, and praise is the obvious intent on the author's mind in this psalm. My second observation beyond that is that it it does, of course, offer up that simple and sincere praise, but here's my second observation. There's a a few categories that hopped out at me or jumped out at me as I read, and that is where to praise God, what to praise him for, what to praise him with, and who should praise God. And I can see that very quickly in those six verses. So we're going to take these natural categories and then observe what the psalmist felt was more important to put into this song. Because 
psalms are songs, by the way. All right. So when you look at Psalm 150 on a page, you can see that it is bookended with a simple call to action, praise the Lord. Okay. You might not have gotten that as I read it, but when you look at it again on the page, you can see the bookends. And sometimes we just need to stop and praise the Lord. Do we need a reason? Never. He is great and worthy of our praise at all times. So verse 1 talks about where to praise God. It says, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Does this mean that we cannot praise God outside of the walls of the sanctuary in our churches? No way. No way. To me, this says praise him inside and outside. There are no boundaries as to where is an appropriate place to praise the Lord. Now, verse two, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. All right, there's our key word, greatness. We are to praise him according to his excellent greatness, meaning our praise should be next level, (laughs) Because his greatness is that great. Okay, so we are to praise him on that level. We're we're to praise him accordingly. And uh, it says praise him for his mighty deeds. So can you name some of God's mighty deeds? Uh, If you can't think of any, just keep reading his word. It will tell you about many of them. And you could jot those down and specifically call back those things to the Lord. But if you can't think of, and uh, but what about the mighty deeds that he's worked in your own life? Uh, if you can't think of any of, of his mighty deeds in your own life, just off the top of your head, I recommend that you just take some time to ponder it and to pray about it. And again, write those down, make a list. Keep the works of God on the top of your mind and give him continuous praise. Now, the next three verses are what we can praise him with. We praise him with trumpet sound. We praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. And in this psalm, I'm looking at it. It's got exclamation points at the end of these verses. Now, when I read Psalm 150 in the voice translation, and by the way, that is a translation only offered uh, at BibleGateway.com, or you can use their app, there is a brief introductory paragraph, and this is what it says. It says, if Psalm 150 is any indication, then the worship of the one true God ought to be full of life and energy. Consider what it must have looked and sounded like in those days. Voices lifted, shouting for joy, trumpets blaring, stringed instruments playing, people dancing, pipes humming, tambourines keeping rhythm, and cymbals crashing. There are times when worship ought to break out in joy. Is it possible that our worship is too quiet, too reserved, or too structured? I have to admit, these verses do indicate quite a ruckus, don't you think? Trumpets and tambourines and cymbals, these are all quite the noisemakers. So if you like to be a little less reserved in your sincere praise to God, I think Psalm 150 is a pretty good indicator that it's just fine to be a little excited. 
I also think it's an indicator that all styles of music and many types of instruments are all appropriate to extol the greatness of our God. Now, remember that it is all about the greatness of our God and not about the style or the dancing or the sounds, right? So it should be an overflow of our heart and our wonder toward God, and and it should be sincere and full of energy, as uh, this little paragraph said in in the voice translation, it should be full of life and energy, but it should all be focused on God and not us. And it's so easy to get caught in emotion and forget who it is that we're praising. So finally, who should praise God? Like who should be doing all this? We're, we're, the call to action is praise the Lord. Well, verse six says it, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, I think that's pretty all-inclusive, don't you think? Now, in episode 244, we we studied Psalm 148, and I loved that episode. I loved where the Lord brought us. It fleshes out a little bit more about who should praise God and how they should do it. You may want to check that episode out as a complement to this episode. All right, let's follow one more bite uh, as we wrap this up, because it is such a short psalm. I I don't want you to lose sight. I don't want you to just read through. I want you to be able to ponder. But one thing that you could do to expand this idea of God's greatness is to follow the cross-reference. So one of the Bible interaction tool exercises that I like to do is to follow a cross-reference. Now, if your Bible doesn't cross-reference the Song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32, if, you, if, if, if it doesn't have a cross-reference, then you could have just pulled it from that list that we started out in BibleHub.com. There were some Psalms listed. There were some different places in Daniel and Isaiah where the word greatness was listed. And then this song of Moses pops up into that list because he uses the word greatness in his song at the very end of the book of Deuteronomy. And this is how his song starts out. In verse 3 of chapter 32, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. Okay, so this is what his song is doing. He is ascribing greatness. He's worshiping. He's turning back all of these things that God is, whether we admit them or not or ascribe them glory to him or not. He is, but Moses is taking the time to do it. And so in verse 4, it says the rock, capital R, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. He goes on further. Okay, so that's just a beautiful introduction to uh, some characteristics of God. And you could spend some time really uh, thinking about that and pondering that. But Moses goes on further into the song to list out some of the mighty works of God as it relates to God choosing his people. In verse 10, it says, he found him in a desert land. And he's talking about um, Abraham, really, but the people of Abraham. And in the howling waste of the wilderness, he encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. The Lord alone guided them. No foreign God was with him. 
He made him ride on the high places of the land, and he ate the produce of the field, and he suckled him with honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, curds from the herd and milk from the flock with fat of lambs, rams of Bashan and goats with the very finest of the wheat, and you drank foaming wine made from the blood of the grape. It's very poetic, don't you think? And my challenge to us is, can we do this? Can we write down the mighty works of our God? What is your testimony? What desert did he find you in? How has he guided you? And I mean, you could spend a lot of time here in this song talking about, of course, this is ascribing God's greatness and just listing out some of his mighty deeds. Things like an eagle that stirs up its nest and flutters over its young. He's talking about like shoving the babies out of the nest, letting them kind of fall, but then catching them. And so I, it's just such a beautiful poetic picture. And I think if you took time to really ponder and think about uh, the mighty works of God in your own life and to really write them down to um, and then daily say, you know, just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are great. Let me just ascribe the greatness of God. So what's next? Well, I've already kind of gone over it, but I want you to spend some time in Psalm 150 this week. You might be tempted to read it once and move on. It is only six verses, but I really want you to spend some time there. Write out your own list of the mighty works of God. If you don't have as many or if you cannot think in your own life, again, just stay in scripture and every mighty work that you read, write it down. Start making a list of the mighty works of God. And yes, you're going to skip a few. You're going to miss a few. That's not the point. The point is God will begin to train you to acknowledge his mighty hand in your life. Um, Consider the who, what, and where of praising God that we find in this psalm. And by all means, spend some time praising the Lord this week. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Instagram at Michelle Nizat. I am on Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Ashley from Mississippi, Johnny from Canada, Chanel from Florida, Joy from Florida, Tony from Wisconsin, Danielle from Arizona, Eugene from South Africa, Paul from Pennsylvania and Helen from the UK. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This, of course, encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Casey, who writes, I was searching for keywords in my podcast app and one of your casts from 2016 came up and I said, what the heck? I was looking for anything to ease my mind and the podcast I listened to 
changed my whole perspective on absorbing, learning, and reading the Bible. You've inspired me and my family to begin diving deeper and being more than a Sunday churchgoer. Please never quit because you change lives just as you've changed mine. Thank you for being a blessing. Wow. Thank you, Casey. That means so much. It brought tears to my eyes as I read it the first time and just now as I'm reading it to all of you. It's what I want more than anything for you to read your Bible on your own and be changed just like I've been changed. And of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song I'm Gonna Let It Go by Jason Gray. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 280. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.